You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 195. Today, we're going to talk about hardwiring you for entrepreneurship. So stay tuned. I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning in to a Monday edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. I've got some exciting stuff to go over. First and foremost, I'm recording this episode like right at the deadline. It's Friday afternoon. I'm looking out my window. There's a beautiful sunset. It's like yellow, and it's beautiful. I should be out there in the water. As soon as I finish this episode, that's where I'm going. We're going to talk about the book that I, uh, you know, PDF, this like ebook that I just wrote. And it's been getting a lot of buzz. We're going to go deeper with it. So this is kind of being an accompaniment to that book, uh, which I'm really excited about. The, the, the book is entitled Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. It's how to think like the successful entrepreneurs think about business, about marketing, about success, and about themselves in the context of that business. And we're going to start with this idea that what if the reason why most people struggle, because let's be honest, success isn't common. So like you keep thinking that there's something wrong with you because your business isn't taking off. It isn't working the way you'd like it. Blah, 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 blah. It's me. It's me. What's wrong with me? But it's like the norm. It's the common majority of people that are the ones struggling. And so what I'm proposing in this book is... Obviously not that there's something wrong with you, but that most people are not wired for entrepreneurship. They don't know how to think like an entrepreneur. And it's not that they don't know how, it's just that they simply are not thinking like an entrepreneur. And we're going to address that today. We're going to talk about that and get into that. But first, I got some really exciting stuff that I'm going to go through. First of all, would you like to be featured on an upcoming episode of the Mind Your Business podcast? Yes, James, I would. I knew you would. No matter what story you have in your head about, oh, who am I to be on James's podcast? Well, here's how anybody can. You know, we talk a lot about miracles and manifesting, whether it's in your business or in the rest of your life. And I've had a brilliant idea with my team to create the ultimate mega roundup episode featuring you. Here's how this can work. I've always been really inspired when our students and our listeners write in to share really cool synchronicity stories, stories of synchronicities, stories about things they've manifested, things of manifesting people and, you know, thinking about something and, and visualizing it and then bam, it happens in the most crazy of ways. And like simple ones, like like a free meal or uh, meeting an old friend that was popping up in your brain and then bam, there they are, to like big things like your dream home. I want to hear your manifesting story. I've talked about my story of when I wrote down everything I wanted for my dream home and the date I wanted it. And like two days later, after the date I wrote, December 1st, we found it on December 3rd. You know, those are inspiring to me and I'm sure they'll be inspiring to you. So here's how this is going to work. When you head over to jameswedmore.com, that's www.jameswedmore.com forward slash your story. 
you're going to have a little button that you click on and you're just going to speak into your computer and you're going to share your manifesting story and it's got to be four minutes or less. It's got to be short. I'm going to ask for it to be like really short, like a minute, but you're going to tell that really cool manifesting story and we're going to take those and we're going to put them together in a roundup episode and in the future on this podcast, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to people sharing the coolest manifesting stories. How cool is that? Now, here's the thing. You might be delaying this. You might be putting it off. This might flood in a day. We might get so many in one day that we're going to cut it off and, and be done with it. So there isn't necessarily a deadline, but we're going to call it when I have enough callers. So don't delay. Don't wait. Do it today. jameswarren.com forward slash your story and share your story of anything really cool, big or small miracle that has happened in your life because you practice the law of attraction, visualization, manifestation, all that cool stuff. Okay. We'll also have it linked up in the show notes for you as well, but it's www.jameswilber.com forward slash your story. Please share your manifesting story. It's going to be so cool. I'm really pumped about that one. All right. On top of that, it's October 8th, which means we've just released our eight-part video series, The Rise of the Digital CEO. This is my premier free business and marketing training for anyone who wants to create an, a digital scalable business on the interwebs, whether you are a coach, an author, a speaker, a course creator, a membership site owner, or you would like to be these things, or you have a knowledge a system, an expertise in your head and you want to get it out to the world and you know that when you do this, you can build a business that you love because it creates more impact in the world as well as more income while not having to work more, then this is the series for you. This is the series we spent six and a half months working on sharing everything that I've learned in 11 years of building an online digital scalable business from where we focus our time and energy to the right way to actually run an online business to how to have the right marketing and sales systems in place to the right offers, to the right team, to everything. And it's free and it's yours. All you got to do for that one is go to www.jameswedmore.com forward slash rise to watch that training now, but it's only going to be available for about 10 days maybe a little less, about 10 days. So now is the time to go watch that as well. Make sure you put that on the to-do list, www.jameswilmer.com forward slash rise. Okay. Got all that stuff out of the way. I want to talk about today's episode and it has to do with this book I wrote. I don't know, like, I mean, a PDF, whatever. It's not physical, it's digital, it's an ebook. And the book is called Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. You can also grab that by clicking on the show notes. I got a lot of homework and action items for you today. This one, this link is jameswedmore.com forward slash wired, W-I-R-E-D. And you can download the free ebook there. So I want to talk about this and I want to go deeper. So this is going to be kind of like additional stuff. We're going to talk about what's in the book. And I'm really going to invite you guys to read it. A lot of, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. Really excited to share it. But I want to start with a metaphor. When you were a kid, did you ever do that thing where you were like at the mall and you saw the downward escalator and you decided to run up it? Because I did like all the time. And, you know, you start running, you get a head start. And so like, for some reason, you like, you make the first few steps really easily, you know, but all of a sudden you're like in the middle of the escalator and you're like, oh man, this is getting hard. Right. And it starts getting a little harder and you're, you're like still moving, 
like your body, like your legs, you're pumping, but you're not actually moving. You know what I mean? You're not actually going somewhere. And so what do you do? You got to try and go faster and you're digging, 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 digging. And you go like, you can just see. And then of course your parents are like on the actual right escalator and you, they, you see them just pass you. Right. And then sometimes you make it to the top. Sometimes you just kind of give up and then you got to go back down. We all have seen at least a kid do that before. I used to do that all the time. I loved it. Why go up the up escalator when we can go up the down escalator, right? Well, what if I told you that that's kind of like how you're running your business? You see, there's this idea of this thing called resistance. And I've shared this, you know, resistance before, this concept. Obviously, this isn't anything new to you. And my favorite definition of the word resistance is resistance is when a thought or belief counters your desire. Now, in this example, your desire is to get to the top of that escalator. You know, whatever's up at the top, maybe their favorite toy store is up at the top of that escalator. And that's the desire is to get up to the top. And so we have actions, we have thoughts, we have a part of us that is aligned with that desire and it's focused in the direction of that outcome. And right now, I want you to think about your vision or some goal or some outcome that you're focused on. And there's a good part of you that's focused on it. And you're taking action towards that on a daily basis. But what we tend to ignore, especially because so much of our thoughts and our habits are subconscious, is that there might just be, especially if it's been taking a while, like you feel like you're doing all the work, but you're not like actually making any progress, like on the escalator. What I'm here to propose is like that downward escalator, there is a downward momentum that's opposing that upward force. While there's a part of you that's going up, there may just be a bigger part of you that's going down. We all have this. If you think I'm immune to it, uh, no, I am also a human being (laughs) with a brain and a heart and emotions and feelings and thoughts and beliefs. But this downward movement of the escalator is this resistance. And people start to experience this resistance, this moment of like, I'm on the escalator and I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not, I'm moving, I'm doing things, but it's not going anywhere. And I want you to notice when you get into that place in your business, what you then do as a default response to that, or rather a reaction to that. For most of us, it's work harder. It's work longer. It's push, force, effort, struggle, dig in right? That's why so many people say you've got to, you know, struggle to your eyeballs bleed, you you know, nothing worth sacrificing and blah, 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 because that's what they're doing. They're on the escalator, the down escalator, and they force themselves enough past that resistance, countering it with enough effort and struggle that they got to the top. And you can do that. You don't have to not do that. No one's telling you. I mean, you can do that if you want. What I'm proposing here is, wouldn't it be easier if we just turned off the escalator? Like we just turned off that downward moving escalator and they just became like normal stairs. Now, if you really play with this metaphor with me for a moment, what you'll realize is if we turned off the escalator, you still have to do the work to get up the escalator. You still gotta walk up the steps. You still gotta take the steps and take the action to get to the top. But notice there's no wasted energy. 
and what I see in the amidst of the struggle and the hustle and the efforting is a massive amount of wasted potential energy. And I just don't want that for you. And so next, if that's, you're like, yes, please, let's turn that off. We have to really ask, well, what is that downward force? And I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's different for everyone. It's your personal battle, inner battle, inner game, inner challenge, which is going to be unique to everyone here. And that's why having mindfulness and being made aware of these types of conversations is absolutely critical. But what it will boil down to is the thoughts and beliefs and emotions that counter your outcomes, your desires, and your goals. The most simplistic one being, I want success, but I'm afraid to fail. You want success, which means this is my outcome. You know, that's obviously a very broad, what does that mean? But in a simplistic sense, you know where you want to go. You want to go to success. But as soon as you've added that but there, you've created resistance in your life where you will either take one step forward, two steps back, or you won't take any steps forward because you're focusing on that fear of failure. Now, this is a very simplistic example we all know of because you know by now, I don't need to tell you that you cannot be successful without experiencing failure. But I'm going to take this conversation a little bit deeper and get you to realize that there actually is no such thing as failure. Failure does not exist. Failure is not something you can go purchase, own, put in the back of your car, carry with you in your pocket. It doesn't exist. Failure is simply an interpretation. It's a label that we add to things in our life. And most of the time we add it to the things that are events and experiences and outcomes that we were not pleased with. They're what we didn't want. And so we label them uh, subconsciously mostly as a failure. This is quite the really a big problem here because as we'll get into and it talks about in the PDF, the moment you label something as failure, it masks the lesson. And if you don't learn the lesson because you've, you know, it's a failure, you don't see the lesson, then you don't learn the lesson. You don't learn the lesson, you don't grow. So the escalator stays on and you keep, I'll try again or I'll try this escalator. How about this escalator? And the same that you take your with you wherever you go. Nope, that was a failure. That this was a failure. This is a failure. Now I'm a failure. And you're still trying to chug and run up that escalator until you give up. So that's what we're here to talk about, this resistance. But what I also want to offer is the resistance is all the stuff in your mind. The work is still the stuff you got to do. The steps Step one, step two, go up the escalator are the stuff, the action things you got to do out in the world. You're going to have to do that. Okay. For example, if you wanted to make $100,000 selling an online course, guess what? You're going to have to sell it. Yeah, I know. You're going to have to. No, no, no one's going to just come to your website scroll through it and say, can I just give this person money already? Please take my money. No, you're going to have to ask for it. You're going to have to make the sale. These are truths and facts that you're going to have to face if you haven't already. Actions that you're going to have to take. All right. So those things are real and those things are out there, right? But (laughs) the resistance, 
the downward force, the force getting in the way of saying, hey, here's this thing I've got. Here's how much it is. Here's what it'll do for you. Here's how to get it. Here's the link to buy. That's simple. I did that in five seconds. I got stuff I sell. Okay. Making that hard, making that scary, making that challenging, making that sleazy, making that slimy, making that greedy is all the made up stuff, just like failures made up illusion in your mind that you are exerting wasted energy on that doesn't actually exist. It doesn't really need to be there. So what I propose in this PDF, which I hope will help turn off that, that escalator for you, you still got to do the work. But what if without all that resistance, the work doesn't feel like work anymore? I don't feel like I'm working. Do you think I'm working on this podcast right now? Do you think I'm working when I'm in our Facebook group every day, talking to our new people, going through the rise of the digital CEO training? Do you think I'm working when I'm making our videos for that series, considering that I've had a video camera in my hand since I was a little kid? No. So the work becomes more simple. It becomes more fun. It feels less like work. What if you're the one that's making it feel like work? Now, I'd say that with love and compassion because I was there, but we're doing that in our head. So I start the book with the famous quote that I always love from Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, that says, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change. And one of the things that I say to our students inside Business by Design, and you may have heard me say it before here, is how you look at business determines what is possible for you. And how you look at business is not actually business. It is simply your beliefs about business. Your beliefs about business are not business. They are not facts. They are your beliefs. They are the filters in which you experience business and they are distorted. They're not actually the truth. But that might be a hard pill to swallow because these beliefs and these perspectives don't show up as beliefs. They show up as the way it is. And so we never question them. We never challenge them. And there's a great quote I love. It's just, don't believe everything you think. I also say, don't believe everything you believe. <laughs> and so what I'm proposing is that most people are simply not wired for entrepreneurship. They don't think like an entrepreneur. Now, the good news is, is that this becomes a lot easier to solve so many problems when it comes to business, because I'm not asking you to go work harder and go work longer and say you need an entire marketing department of, you know, $100,000 a year salary people to fix your problems. I'm not saying you have to go, you know, have the most complicated, tricky, fancy funnel with automation and bots and blah, 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 which you can totally do that. I freaking love that stuff. But what I'm saying is that we first and foremost need to change the way we think about business about ourselves in the context of business, about money, about selling, about growth, about where we spend our time, about all of that stuff. And in order to do that, I think we have to take a step back. And I want to look for a moment at why we are not, most of us are not default out of the box wired this way. Because I know I wasn't. Okay. But the good news is I really believe we can change our thinking because I've just seen it. We have a case study coming out in two weeks with Beth Ryan. And she says, you know, this year was a massive growth year for her. She's one of, one of our coaching clients. And she said, this has been a massive growth year. I feel after the last three or four months, I feel like a completely different person. 
well, she's the same person. She looks exactly the same to me. She sounds exactly the same. She didn't grow in height or anything like that. She's the same person. But she feels like a different person because she shifted her perspectives about herself and about business. And because she made those shifts in perspective, she feels different. She feels different because she sees the world differently. And we're doing this with our students. I've been doing this with you for those of you guys who are actually listening on the podcast for a long time, you may notice that you've started to shift or change. And so what we're really doing here is this is less about filling your head with more content. Do you notice I'm rarely giving you any marketing content on here's the seven steps to do anything, but rather beginning to invite you to look at things like business and money and selling and being an influencer and a thought leader and reaching more people and, you know, all that stuff differently. But we have to look first at where that came from. And for me, and again, this will get a little controversial. People get a little upset. So be it, whatever, you know, it's it's fine. You can get upset. That's okay. Uh, That's your right. But I look, if, if you're, if you're like me, most of us were brought up in the environment of the public education system. And it's going to sound like I'm knocking public education or education or school in general. And I'm really not. So I hope you're not listening for that, but rather listening for, what I'm actually saying. And it's really this idea that we learn two things in school. First, we learn the information that was inside the textbooks and inside our teacher's heads. There was this transference of knowledge, like one plus one equals two in the alphabet to, you know, what year Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue? 1492, right? All this transference of knowledge, these things that we, we learned. And when we learned them or memorized them and we were asked to repeat them back, we were either granted with, you know, you pass so you can move on or nope, you got to do that again, right? But we learned something else as well. And what we learned was how to be, how to think, how to act, how to show up in the world. But we don't really notice ourselves learning that. We just kind of assimilate. We just kind of mold to the masses. And you'll hear me say that word a lot, but normally the M is silent. And so here's a great example of that. School taught us to be a student and ask permission to the person in charge. Now, I want you to really get present to that and really consider that for a moment, that you were taught that you are not in charge, somebody else is, and you need to ask permission. Permission to ask a question. Permission to go to the bathroom. Permission to do anything. Even if we look at the class system, it's permission to get to the next level, the next grade. We were raised to be a part of a permission-based society. Now, is that right, wrong, good, or bad? It isn't anything. You know, because someone will say, oh, so what? So someone shouldn't raise their hand in class. They should just shout out. That's not what I'm saying. It makes it very orderly, right? But what I am saying is that when people don't notice that or question that, and they've been operating that way their entire lives, and then they decide one day to become an entrepreneur, they don't really shed that permission-based mentality. And that might be something that you notice yourself doing. Do you find yourself waiting 
for someone to give you permission to do what you want to do? Do you ask yourself questions like, who am I to be doing this? That is a permission-based question. Like someone is here to dub thee, the expert, the authority, you're the person. And I'm going to tell you right now, anybody you look up to, anybody you follow, myself included, we weren't given permission. No one gave me permission. There is no mayor. There is no one monitoring this, guys. There is no headmaster of your industry, my industry, of the marketplace, of the world, of business, of your niche, whatever, voting on who gets to do this. But how often are we actually like thinking that that's what's really going on? So if you're sitting there waiting for permission in some way, waiting for permission to follow your dreams, start that business, launch that product, you will be waiting a very, 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 very long time. If you think about the very nature of entrepreneurship, it is to create and do what has never been created. I want you to think about that for a second. I believe the success of an entrepreneur partly is in their ability to create, you know, in proportion to what the world needs, but also in proportion to that which is so outside of what everyone else is already seeing and thinking and believing. I mean, I don't have to tell you that the entrepreneurial greats that came before us, like the, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musks, the Richard Branson's, whoever you look up to or have read a biography about, they changed the world because they first saw the world differently. Hmm. Yet how often are we waiting for the permission of the masses and thinking like the masses? How often are we waiting for others to go first before we'll go? How often are we waiting for the giant neon signs? Now, here's something else I want to offer. Something else I noticed we learned in school. We were measured, validated, even like our worth was supposedly, you know, inferred, but that was measured by our, our intellect. Like that becomes the primary litmus test or just test in general for our success. You know, the better you got gotten grades, the smarter you must be the higher IQ, the more intellect. And there's a few fallacies here that I have, a few problems I have with that. And the first one is that for most of us, and most of the time, that intellect was measured by our ability to memorize. How many people know at least one person, can think of at least one person that was really smart, but they like, would always tell the story, I'm a horrible test taker. Maybe that's you, right? Oh, I'm, I'm so bad at taking tests. Like I'd learn everything and then when it comes down to the test, I just like, I'd blank, I, get, I, I fold under pressure, right? So when you're taking a test, what are you really being tested on? For me, what I saw in high school was I was being tested on how good I can quickly memorize things. I learned all these mnemonic devices. I had flashcard tricks where I'd use symbols and words and I would quickly memorize the vocabulary words or the chemistry, you know, molecule, periodic table of elements stuff, right? And I realized I'm not learning chemistry. I'm learning how to memorize. 
And if I'm better at memorizing and better at studying that memorization, right? Practicing that memorization, the better I am at like school. Like, does that mean I'm smarter? And if that's what we're being tested on, why aren't we being tested on our creativity, our innovation, our communication, our problem solving ability, our ability to work with others? And the list goes on and on. And I'll tell you right now, success as an entrepreneur has nothing to do with how good you can memorize. I'll be honest. I'll just be straight up with you. Here's a confession. I still misspell the word entrepreneur every time I write it. I get it wrong. I mix up the E and the U. I, and then I just like, I type it out and then uh, it always says in Google or, you know, Word documents, like, you know, my Google Docs, it's got the red squiggly line under it. I'm like, damn it. I don't know. I've like trained myself on how to spell it wrong. I don't care because I have spell check. But your ability to memorize and take tests has nothing to do with your ability to be a successful entrepreneur. And entrepreneurship includes all these other skills that we're not ever taught, especially our type of business where, you know, networking and relationship building and communication skills and, you know, time management and project management, like all these other things that are important, we're never taught those. So one of the things that really, really like then becomes a problem for me is that if you were a C student, if you didn't get good grades, you start to tell yourself that you weren't smart or that you are not smart. And if you're not smart, understand first and foremost, you're creating that belief, that label based on a system, which you know I, I think it's outdated, um, what they are measuring. Maybe it isn't that you aren't smart. It's that you're not very good at taking tests. But that has nothing to do with smarts. Maybe it means you're not very good at memorizing or rather you don't have a very good strategy for memorization. And if you'd learned a better way to memorize and you got better grades, wouldn't you then be smart? But then the problem becomes as people start to tell themselves this story of I'm not smart or I wasn't smart, therefore I'm not that smart. What do we then start to say about ourselves in the context of business? I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure this out. I don't know if I have what it takes then we start to overlay that over learning new things. Oh, I'm not very good at learning this. Oh, I don't like learning and I'm not a techie because I can't learn this and it gets overwhelming. And then we see ourselves not trying, not doing, not moving forward. And I'll tell you right now, the grades you got in school has nothing to do with your chances of making it as an entrepreneur. I mean, obviously we know all the examples of like the, the Steve Jobs and the... Uh, Bill Gates that like they all dropped out of school. You know, they're all dropouts. I think they noticed what I'm saying here too, is they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm being indoctrinated into a different way of thinking that is taking me away from the thinking that I, I need to have to build this business. And I couldn't agree more. I know plenty of people who are influencers, best-selling authors, I think Robert Kiyosaki talks about this. Like he was like a C student at best, like horrible writer. Someone said, you'll never make it as a writer. And you know, rich dad, poor dad, right? And so many people that I know that were just awful students. And they're just poor students. 
and they're wildly successful. It has nothing to do with how smart you are, or how smart you think you are. And those aren't facts, by the way. Like we kind of start to think that it's a fact that you're not smart. Nope, just your belief. Just your belief. Story you've been telling yourself over and over again. But there's something else that comes up here that becomes a problem for me. And it's this idea that one of the things that we were taught on how to be is that you can't move on until you have all the information. I mean, that's what happens when you take a test, right? The test is to test that you know everything. And if you fail the test and then you fail the next one and you fail the next one, you fail the class. And if you fail the class, you got to take it over again. And if you have to take the class over again, then you can't pass the grade, like the level, and you can't move on to the next grade. And so from this modus operandi, what is revealed is this idea that you can't move forward until you know everything, until you have it all figured out, until you have all the answers. Huh. Does that sound familiar? Where in your business are you sitting stalled, stuck, not moving forward because you're saying, I don't have all the pieces yet. I haven't been able to connect all the dots. I'm missing something. I'm missing vital information. I haven't learned it all. I've been doing this for 11 years. You have no idea how much I'm still missing. <laughs> I just don't care. Neither should you. If you are doing that, I'm going to tell you, it's very dangerous strategy because it's broken, it's backwards, and it's never going to get you anywhere. It's backwards, and here's why. The path illuminates. Clarity reveals itself only through action. You do not get, if life is a journey and entrepreneurship is a journey, you do not get the entire journey. You do not get the entire path. You do not get the entire story. You get the next step in front of you. And that is all you get. That is all you'll ever get. And when you take that step, the next few steps will illuminate. Ah, oh, I'll go here. And maybe that's the wrong step. Maybe, but even the word wrong is not real. That's your interpretation as well. How do you know it was the wrong step? What if that wrong step led to a lesson that changed everything for you and put you on the right step so you'd never make the wrong step again? See how much of this is in our head? So you take that step. Action creates clarity. The next step illuminates. You take that step and the next step illuminates. But if you're on the sidelines waiting to see everything before you can get started, you're going to be waiting a really, really long time. Okay, the last one I want to talk about is really, you know, what we started with when we talked about the, the metaphor of the escalator, which is what is that default way? What do people do when things aren't working, when they're not progressing? They work harder, they work longer. And the biggest thing I want you to get, and it might be a really big pill to swallow, but for most of you, the part of the results, some of the results that you're after has to do with money, revenue, sales, income, profit, dollar bills, y'all. And that money, 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 you already know, I'm preaching to the choir here on this episode, but maybe there's someone else in your life that needed to hear this episode and you decided to share it with them. And this was the part you wanted them to hear is that money does not come from effort. There's a great book I've read like 30,000 times. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's called The Abundance Book. It's like super short. And what it reveals is the concept of cause and effect. 
you know, what is at the cause or the source of money, like the well, you know, where is it coming from? And if you've been an employee, then it's very hard to see your money coming from anywhere else than from your paycheck, which comes from your boss. And so you start to equate that, okay, if I work and I work harder and I do my job, I will get my paycheck. So if I don't work, I don't get my paycheck. So work, money, money, work. When I work more, I could make more. Maybe if I work more hours, right? And that's an illusion. I really get where you would think that that's it because you can like point to that evidence. But there's so much more in play than what we experience just in the 3D world. Like all the things, for example, who chose that job? Who chose to say yes to that hourly pay? And who's choosing to stay there? But we can go deeper. Where is that money coming from? If it came from a paycheck from your boss, where did it come from from there? And what this book talks about and a lot of other great money manifesting books talk about is this idea of cause and effect that source, God, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, is the source of all money. That money is energy, just like everything else. And we can attract it into our lives, not correlated to action. I think we can all think of at least one person that makes more money than you that doesn't work as much as you. So there's evidence all around us that effort doesn't equal money and more effort doesn't mean more money. Again, people don't like to hear this, but this is a big thing that we've learned. You got to work hard to be successful. I mean, this was just banged into our head from a very young age. You got to work hard to, to study hard, to pass the grade so you can, you know, be successful. And it's just not the case. And it's really the opposite that is true. It's the less I do, the more I make. Because the value of what the true entrepreneur brings to the table is not work. It's not their efforting. It's not their sweat equity. It's their innovation. It's their ability to cast a vision and have the faith to hold on to that vision in the, in the face of every adversity. That's what makes things hard, right? To have the courage to say, I believe in this thing, even though everyone and everything around me says it's not possible. And the people that take those risks and hold on to that are the ones that are rewarded handsomely for it. Today, my motto, it's been this for a while, a lot of my longtime listeners already know, this is the less I do, the more I make. How could that possibly be true? Because if you realize the more you're working, where you're working isn't the technician, ground level, factory worker role in your business. Nothing wrong with that, okay? I'm not knocking school and I'm not knocking employees. What I'm knocking are strategies that don't work. And being an employee in your business it doesn't work because whether or not you are every business that exists has a space, a role for the visionary and for the entrepreneur. And if you're not filling it, then who the F is, if you're not in that seat and you're not spending your time there, that's like getting on a ship and having a crew that's paddling and, and you know, like an old boat, right? You know, with like, when there's actually like a crew, like turning the boat, the paddling, right? And I'm paddling, 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 yet there's no one up there looking at the compass, looking at the map and holding the wheel 
and you find out it's just going in circles because no one's steering the ship. No one's looking out for opportunities. No one's looking out for threats. No one's looking out for land. So the less I do, the more I make is about elevating your role to the highest role in your business. So you spend your precious time and energy focused on the most valuable activities. And then, of course, a lot of people bring up all the, I can't, you know, I got to do these things. I can't afford to hire anybody, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we open up a whole can of worms. I could convince you that you could hire someone for a couple bucks an hour to do this because that's how I got started. But the bigger conversation here is that you're using your existing reality, the existing circumstances to determine what is possible for you tomorrow. So you're using where you're at today to already cut you off and limit what's available. You've just turned the escalator back on. I can't because, I can't because, I can't because. And when you make decisions based on your circumstances, you get to keep your circumstances. And so the real magic, and this is why we have all these episodes, and that's what I'm here to do, is for you to be bigger than your circumstances, to think and act and be bigger than your current circumstances, because your current circumstances are here because of what you did and and the actions you took and the things you thought about and, and, and who you were being and how you did it in the past. So you just keep repeating your past. That's why people say that you take your problems with you wherever you go. So we have to begin to think differently. We have to begin to think like the entrepreneur that we were meant to be. The entrepreneur that your business actually needs. You see, we always talk about what we want, and I love that, but how often are you asking yourself, well, what does my business want? What does my business need? One of the things that your business needs is structure. Of course, if you don't give it structure, it takes your time. You would prefer the structure, but if you don't give it to that, give it that, it will take your time and your energy. That's another conversation. We'll talk about that in our video series. So the less I do, the more I make. Money does not come from your effort. I've continued to work less and less, and our business continues to grow and grow. And if you argue against that, you're simply arguing for your limitations. Or in other words, you're turning that downward escalator back on. You're choosing now consciously to make things harder. And so what I want to end with is something I've also said before many times is that business is actually very simple, especially when you turn it off, turn off the escalator. It's just walking up the steps, do the steps, do the work. You've been hearing case studies every Wednesday. I hope you've been listening to them of students that began to shift the way they think about business, how you see business determines what's possible for you. And they've made business easier. Well, let me say this again. They've made it more simple. They've made it less complex. And as a result, they've had an easier experience. I'm not saying it will be easy. There's a difference between simple and easy. Simple means clear. And if you're looking to do what I help my students do, you know, coach and, and course creator and membership site owner, then your business is really as simple as two things. Attract an audience and sell them what they want. And if you're not doing those things and you're not spending the majority of your time now doing those things, how do you expect your business to grow? Is fixing your about me page, attracting an audience, is setting up a new logo, selling them what they want, is getting your new photography pictures, building your audience? No. There's all these other things that could keep you busy for months, months, and never move you forward, never move you down the line. And that's because the activities that do move us down the line, those 5% activities, are all outside of our comfort zone. They're outside of our comfort zone because they expose us. They expose us to the criticism, the judgments, 
the haters, the rejections, the no's, the failures, the moments where you look like an idiot. And I'm sorry to say, but those are unavoidable. You cannot get where you want to go without facing those. So now that you know that, why would you delay any longer? Get it over with. <laughs> Just get it over with. Rip the freaking bandaid because it gets easier. You know, how do you get over that, James? That's what people ask. Like, how do I get over the fear of, so what somebody's going to say is like, you do it. I went skydiving. It was the scariest thing in my life. You could ask me, how did I get over my fear of skydiving? Uh, I jumped full of fear, scared out of my mind. I just jumped. I took one step at a time. I focused on the next step and the next step. And I said, okay, we're here in the parking lot. Okay. I'm signing the paper, doing this stupid orientation video. Okay. I'm putting this jumpsuit on. Okay. I'm in the line for the airplane. The engine's on. We're going up in the air. The person in front of me jumped. Now it's my turn. I'm scared to death, literally. And I jump. Now, would I do it again? No, I didn't enjoy it. But how did I overcome it? I did it. I felt the fear and I did it anyways. That's not going anywhere, guys. We're waiting until that fear disappears. We're waiting until those critics and judges all hide like cockroaches when the lights go on. That's not going to happen. So do it. Do it. <laughs> all right. So if you haven't read the PDF, I would love your feedback. What was your biggest takeaway? What was something that like has really shifted for you? I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on Instagram or you know, in our Facebook group or whatevs. Uh, jameswilmer.com forward slash wired. The book is called Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. 17 different ways in which entrepreneurs, the successful entrepreneurs, think about business differently. I just kind of scratched the surface with them today. I hope that offered something for you as well. I think the book will take it deeper as well. So with that, I just want to thank you so much again for tuning into another episode. I really appreciate it. This Wednesday, we'll be sharing another phenomenal case study of a student that was able to quit their nine to five corporate job and start their business on the side while they were still working the job and replace, actually double, not just replace, but double their corporate salary, which is pretty friggin' unbelievable. They did it without Facebook ads. They did it without a list. It's pretty unbelievable. It's really awesome. I cannot wait to show you this case study. That's this Wednesday. So if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes, because we've got all these bonus episodes coming up, you don't want to miss a single one. Make sure you do that now. If you haven't left us a review, please do, because it really helps us in the rankings with iTunes. And we just keep growing and we get this message out to more and more people. And I love it. It's just been so fun and it just is like so fulfilling and just warms my heart every time I read a new review or comment from you guys over on iTunes. So thank you so much. I appreciate all of you. Have a fantastic week and I'll see you all next time on the Mind Your Business podcast. Take care. The most, in my opinion, the most generous business training that I have ever seen put out on the market. When I sold my first $200, I said, well, it's possible. Then I sold the first 10,000 and 20,000 and 30,000. And when I actually think that, that I have actually done some of this work in my house or in my office, in a pair of shorts, serving and adding value to people, all I can say is that it's possible. It's powerfully shifted my business journey completely 180. Eight out of 10 businesses will fail within their first 18 months. That's because there's one vital mistake that all struggling entrepreneurs are making. 
and they don't even realize it. They are ignoring the fact that most people are simply not wired for entrepreneurship. Join me this October 8th for the special eight-part mini-series designed to show you how the successful six and seven-figure entrepreneurs actually think about business, growth, and success, and how you too can step into the role that you were meant for in your business. Get ready for the rise of the digital CEO. For more information, visit jameswedmore.com forward slash rise right now.